0: Uncensored. 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 You, can't you can't censor, censor us. us. This is uncensored parenting. Talking about the shit no one else will. You've got questions? We've got, well, we've got perspectives. Hello, everyone. On today's episode, we have Namaya Devi, who is the owner of Goddess of Consciousness. And creator of The Flirt Factory. She's a sexual liberation coach and energy worker. She is also a mom of two amazing kids. Thank you so much for joining us, Namaya. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes.
1: Um, well, my name is Namaya, Namaya Davey, and I am a single mom, single mom of two. I have a son of 14 and a daughter of 10 years old. I work as a sexual liberation coach. And also I am creator of the Flirt Factory, which uh, is a community for uh, conscious singles.
0: Wonderful. Will you tell us about your experience, a little bit more about your experiences being a mom? You said you have a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old.
1: Yes, that's correct. I'm um, a single mom since eight years now. Um, and it's quite of a it was quite of a journey to really become an aware mom. Well, I was always an aware mom, but since my uh, breakup, I really became more and more aware. And I noticed that my children are really a mirror of how I am feeling. And that's something that I learned along the way. And I really found out that when I'm doing my inner work, then things shifted with, with my children, where they were fighting with each other I suddenly saw this pattern, Ah, oh my God, there's something inside of me that's not solved yet. And when I started working on that, things shifted. And that's how my journey started, really to become a very aware mom and uh, being an energetic parent. Really seeing my children for what is going on with them and reflecting that back to me. What are they telling me with their behavior and what do I need to work on? Uh, to guide them in this whole process.
0: And so do you um, co-parent or you're just, you have your kids all the time?
1: No, I co-parent. Okay. Yeah, we do half week. Yeah. Okay, great.
0: And how, how is that co-parenting?
1: Um, I found my uh, way into this. It is sometimes quite challenging because it's half week, half week. And when I'm you no know, settled with them, then they are gone. And when I'm settled in my own space, then they're back. So that's kind of challenging sometimes. So I really would love to go that we do week on, week off, you know, really do a week so I have more time to connect with them and uh, have more time for myself. And I'm, yeah, my relationship with my, uh, with the father is, it's okay. But he is yeah he looks at things differently than i do but it's fine because for me it's okay that my children really see two sides of this world and they have this kind of aware side and they have this side the way he looks at things and i really try to yeah let them decide what works for them my way is not the way and his way is not the way, but, you know, they need to find out for themselves uh, what works for them. And, but that's also for me, part of being a conscious mom to really allow them to find their own way in this. I am very open with them. I communicate almost everything with them. Also, when things are not really working with their dads and I'm just, you know, open about it and yeah, try to Uh, tell them my side of the story, but in a way that it's non-judgmental, just facts or just my point of view. And I let them know that it's my point of view.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's great. We, we also co-parent with, two other co-parents and we do a week on and a week off. And we, we find that we love the week, um, because we get to experience so much more time with them and there's less of a transition period when, when there's a week long. Um, yeah, but it always brings its challenges, but I love the idea of, you know, being able to share your truth, but still naming to them that this is your perspective and, and you know, their, their other parent might have another perspective.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 and also that there are different rules in that house, and different rules than my rules, and they are now a uh, combined family. Is that correct English word? Yeah. So there is another woman in that house with her own rules and her own point of view, and that's not always matching with point of view of my kids. But they really need to deal with that and to support them in that. That is just you know point of view of that new person. And that new family situation, and yeah, and sometimes it's difficult to hear. But on the other hand, I know that it's their process that they need to, you know, find their ways in. And I think it's only good for them to see different perspectives and different ways of how you can be in life. Because they need to find their own ways. And the only thing that I can do is support them in just growing up
0: yeah absolutely so how do you deal with when there is a different rule that's coming up that your kids are experiencing at another home but then they come to you like how do you go about talking to your kids about that
1: Yeah, just talking that it's that it's that it's just a fact you know there are rules that i apply here well do i really have rules there are some rules, but I really like to communicate with my children about it. What works for them because, and my son is now 14 and last, I, last time I had a conversation with him, I said, yeah, I see that you're sort of uh, how, how do you say, expanding your boundaries. Are there some rules here in the house that really do not work for you anymore? Because, you know, if that's the case, then please let me know, because then I'm, I'm yeah, open to talk about it with you. So we can expand those rules or change those rules, so it works for you, and you don't have to, you know, look at uh, conf- conf- conflicts or something. It's just, yeah, let's just co-create with this, and so it works for all of us, and not just have these difficult conversations or uh, conflicts about it. Because I believe that it's not necessary if we're willing to listen to our children and willing to be open about. Their choices, or their, you know, yeah, what, what, what they would like in life.
2: I really like that giving your child a voice to come and say, yeah. "Listen, this rule isn't working for me anymore, and here's what I think it could be." Or, I don't yeah. know the solution yet, but maybe we can have a dialogue that we can find a solution for that. That that feels so yeah. empowering. <laughs> I, I wish yeah. I would have had that as a kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> me too. Yeah. I would have been less yeah. rebellious.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's really the mom that I am, that I'm being that person that I would want my mom or my dad uh, would have been for me. And especially with my daughter, when she is emotional or, you know, when we have deep conversations, for me, sometimes it really feels that I'm holding my own little me in my child and talking to myself as a a as, to my inner child. And it's so healing to be in that space with her and also for myself to really be that parent for her that I would have wanted for myself. And therefore I can give that to myself for my for my inner child.
0: Yeah. The my son is is 13, he's about to be 14 pretty soon. And he is definitely expanding his boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Um and I just didn't even think about the idea of sitting down with him. And actually having a conversation of like, I see that this isn't working and I want to co-create something with you. And so like, what is your suggestion maybe around like, you know, let's say that my son or anybody's child is this age, right? Because developmentally he's shifting. And when there's a developmental shift, I feel like that's a time where rules kind of need to change or you can negotiate boundaries. Um, what is your advice maybe for, or a suggestion on how to kind of approach that so that they're able to explore, maybe not participate in like risky behaviors? Like how, what would you suggest?
1: Mm, Mention that they're able to explore and that it's part of the, the development. And um, if, I would ask questions. Just be curious and what would you like to explore and other things and what's going on with your friends or, you know, really have that open conversation and mainly ask questions, really curious and open questions. And based on what they're telling, ask another question, just like we're having this conversation right now, you know, that kind of conversation I also have with my children. Just be curious and and really listen to what they're saying and put my judgments or my projections put those aside Hmm. because i want them to be safe because in my past i you know i had some trouble with this and this and i want to prevent that they but then it's just this protection on them maybe they're not even there to explore that but i'm putting my fear or my whatever on them and that's what it's for me to be really that conscious parent to put those aside to be aware what are my projections what are my fears what is my uh, baggage what i'm putting onto them so yeah, do you I, know. What?
2: yeah i was gonna say we i feel like i've had this conversation multiple times in the last couple of years of just like wait is this something that might actually be happening or is this my own projection that i'm putting onto my yeah. son right now because yeah. and a lot of times i would say i uh, close to 90%, it's my own projection that I'm putting onto them yes. of my experiences. Yeah. And I'm fearful that they're gonna experience something similar to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's okay if you mention it. Oh my God, you know, I, I, in my past, I've experienced this and this, and I'm afraid that, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's clear to them. And what I strongly believe is that we are, um, as a parent, uh, aligned with what we're saying and uh, how we act. And if it's not aligned, they know. They know because energy—that's the first language. Mm-hmm. So they know. They feel they're so very sensitive, but maybe they cannot um, have this picture or 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 story about it, and they're going to, you know, make it their own. Mm-hmm. So therefore, for me, it's so important that I'm aligned with what I'm saying and what I'm uh, how I'm acting, even if I'm uh, angry at my at their dads. I'm going to mention it because I can pretend that I'm not, but they know. So the, the energy is awkward and they're going to make up their own story. So I'd rather be, uh, yeah, have this pure expression and authentic expression and keep it with me. You know, I'm angry and it will pass, you know, but this is what there is right now. This is the energy that's that's going through me that I'm feeling angry with your dad. And sometimes I explain why, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes they don't need to know. But I am very genuine with what I'm saying. And, yeah, I believe that that is, um, yeah, key.
0: Yeah, I think I think about growing up, I hated when my parents like projected on me. And I I remember one time my mom saying, like, why do I want you to do this? And it's like, but I'm not even doing it. Like, I remember being so frustrated about it. And then but I see myself do the same thing to my son. Because he I'm I'm I have quite a rebellious nature. He has quite a rebellious nature. And I am like, oh I, mine's great. My rebellious nature is great. But then I'm like, when he does it, I'm like, oh, I don't want you to do this. This is gonna get you in trouble. <laughs> and then it's it's the same thing. Like I'm still projecting on him instead of yeah. being curious or asking more questions yeah. and trying to understand where he's coming from.
1: Yeah. I would like to share a story about it because I I had a, last week I had a conversation with my daughter about it. I sensed something was off, and she she wanted to meet up with a with a new friend. And when she said it to me, I sensed something hmm, that's weird energy. But I was like, okay, you just do your thing with with this with this friend and do it. And when she came back and she told me all the stories, I had that same feeling again. I had this image in my head that popped up and I was like, hmm, okay, I really don't hope that she did what the image is telling me she did. And then a couple of days ago, I uh, read her text in her phone Mm -hmm. and there was this little sentence and I was like, hmm, and I saw that same image again. So I was like, I really need to have that conversation with her now. So... I asked her if I could have a conversation with her. She was like, oh, yeah, what about? Yeah, about your phone. I read something in your phone and I would like to have a conversation about it with you. And she was really like, the moment that I mentioned the sentence and there was shame and she was Mm -hmm. contracting and the whole energy shifted. And what it was about was she uh, took some makeup, from the store, you uh, uh, stole it from the mm-hmm. store. And I saw so much shame. And when I saw this text, I was like, well, it, if she needs to know the consequences and if she's, maybe she's going to do it again and maybe she's with that friend, you know, bad uh, bad influence and I was, my head was really stolen. But when I had that conversation with her and I saw her, I was like, I really need to put all my shit aside and I need to be the space holder for her now. My own projections, my own fears, my own judgments cannot be part of this situation right now because she is in so much shame and she didn't want to look at me and she was just, you know, leaving her body. I could sense that she was just, you know, leaving her body and I was just touching her and making her feel comfortable and feeling safe. And I was like, yeah, you can tell me. No matter what, I will love you. No matter what, I don't know what the situation is. I have a hunch. My intuition is telling me this and this. Am I correct? Uh, I want to hear your story. Um, and finally, she mentioned that I was correct. And she, I was just holding space for her and just, you know, feel letting her feel safe. And she was like, "Yeah, I'm now. I'm feeling such a bad, bad girl for doing this, and i I feel so depressed and I was like, oh my God, is this something that you, you know, walked around with all this time that you were feeling bad? And yeah, and there was no one that I could talk about with it. Um, so for me, it really felt like I need to be your space holder right now and everything is going to be okay. And my next question was, okay, so you are not a bad person for doing this. You just, sometimes you just need to experience things to find out that it's not your kind of cookie. (laughs) Would you do it again? No, I would definitely not do it again. Then is that what you've learned? You know, you experience something and you now learn that that is not your kind of cookie. So you know now, and it's going to be okay, you know? And for me, that is the magic of parenting to just let them feel safe and that it's okay to to make those kind of mistakes and experience, you know, life is about experiencing. And is it something that I, uh, how do you say, um, push her into something, go experience? No, but it happened. You know, the, the situation was there that she just wanted to do, do that and she thought it would make her happy if she took the makeup from the store it did for a moment, and then in the end, it didn't. So, you know, and I could have been angry or I couldn't have punished her or, you know, the consequences, if you do that again, if you put for the police and look, yeah, that's some an option that I could choose or I can just be her space holder and still make her feel safe. And that is also safe for her to tell me these kind of things if I provide this environment for her, then probably the next time something comes up, she will, you know, share that with me. And
0: yeah. I mean, how many times have we all reacted to a situation that our kid has done and you get upset and you're having these flare ups and, and reacting to your child. And then the consequence though, you think, you know, at times I've experienced where I've thought like, oh, this is going to have an effect. He's gonna listen to me this next time, or my daughter's gonna listen to me this next time, and then you realize, like, the consequence actually of that is that they stop listening to you, or they stop coming to you, and it gets greater. Yeah. Versus the the opportunity to actually process it with your child to be able to say, like, what did you learn? How how did it feel? And because they can't ever come to an awareness if they they don't process
1: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For me, it's so important to be the mom that can provide awareness. You know, that they're by asking questions and making them feel safe, that it's safe to just explore life. Yeah. Instead of going into the flight or fight modus or just check out completely and yeah, feeling unsafe in the world and Yeah.
0: Do you have any like tools for parents that because I know that sometimes when something happens, you know, with my kids, like I I can easily get into that whole flight, fight, flee, like panic um, stage. And do you have any tool suggestions or or something that parents can use to kind of keep them in a, a calmer state so that they can hold space if this were to happen to them?
1: Do your inner work really do your inner work yeah because if you can manage yourself and be calm be you know do breath work or do whatever it takes to be in that calm state so you you train your muscle to be in that calm state or Mm. um, then you mirror that to them and they can feel safe i don't feel safe within myself they don't feel safe with Mm. me Mm -hmm. And if I don't feel safe or, or if I'm angry, then I mention it. Okay, I'm feeling angry right now. This is, you know, this is, and it will pass. And or I'll come back to you in a bit when I'm calmed down. But be open, be genuine in what's going on in yourself. It's really
0: why it's so important for parents to deal with their own wounding too right yeah. because then yeah. they're going to create a wound onto their child when mm-hmm. it's not even it yeah it doesn't need to happen There's yeah, yeah.
1: even though it's also when we want to prevent them if we are aware of our wounds and we want to prevent them from having those wounds and we still projecting those wounds on them but the other other way around so yeah
0: yeah, and it's and and really you have to deal with it. It's not just putting it to the side and staying no. calm or in the presence of calm. It's really actually yeah. dealing with the stuff that's going on inside of you, which yeah. requires to be done when things are not heightened. A daily yeah. practice.
1: Yeah, or yeah. be vulnerable with them. You know, if you burst into tears, then that's something that that's in the moment then that's also okay because if you you stay you know aligned with what what's going on with within you then it's totally fine you don't need to be calm all the time yeah. i don't think that is even possible but you can be genuine and you can be what you are in the moment yeah that's what we have
0: totally and it's not i think about this it's not about manipulating them like you're having emotions to make them feel bad. It's, but it's, it's showing them your true, what's really, what you're really experiencing and the impact that what they've chosen to do has had, because I, I really feel like there's this, especially raising kids and talking to so many people. So I think sometimes kids don't really understand the collective or have has a collective awareness, just developmentally, Mm -hmm. it's not really there. And I think that sometimes they don't realize the impact that they make on people um, when they behave a certain way. And this is almost bringing the beautiful piece of vulnerability so that they can see um, the impact and have that social awareness.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's something that I mentioned, too, if they uh, show some behavior that I mentioned to them, okay, what you're showing right now, be aware that people can have judgments about it or about sexuality, of course. You know, that's something that's very judgmental subject. And I just, you know, let them know that there are judgments in the world about certain topics.
0: Yeah. And so speaking, like I want to dive into talking about some sexuality stuff. So how do you talk to your kids about sexuality? Because I know like, you know, sexuality is such a broad topic. And I and I think, unfortunately, like parents these days didn't have uh, proper sex education or I should even say comprehensive sex education. And so there's this like immediate jump to thinking that sex education is literally Mm -hmm. penis to vagina um, intercourse. And that's it. When we talk to our okay. kids and it's, it really has sexuality has so much, um, yeah. so many working pieces to it than that, just that. So like, I know this is kind of a big question. It's not easy to just say, like, this is how you talk to your kids about sexuality, mm-hmm. but like, what, why do you like, how do you start talking to your kids about sexuality?
1: How do I start? Yeah, I just start. <laughs> 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 yeah. And, and, I follow where they are. are. Mm. You know, my son is now 14 and a couple of years ago, I talked about that his body probably will change in a bit, you know, that there will grow hair under his arm and, uh, you know, in different areas. And I just, I just mentioned that, just like I'm mentioning uh, something else, you know, we're talking about. And, but first I needed to lose my own judgment about sexuality. I grew up with a lot of a lot of a lot of judgments about sexuality and I was very uh, afraid of speaking about sexuality so I really needed to do my inner work again to be free with it to be open with it and to just talk about the subject like we're talking about school but I needed to be judge- ju- non-judgmental about it
0: Yeah. I had, I had the same experience, I think on, on experiencing non-judgmental. I'm going back to get my sex education certification and they Mm -hmm. had a, a survey uh, around like, um, you were kind of journaling what came up for you when they had topics on there. Okay. So it was like, kissing holding hands like and it increased the level of intensity right so it it kept going like making out hands on breasts fingering and then it like kept going down the line up until like anal sex or like even like um, same-sex interactions and Mm. I had no reaction as I'm reading these. I'm like yeah and I'm celebrating myself for being so open right and then the the next question says and if I, if we asked you about a teenager having these experiences and my, my whole body was like, <laughs> like, I just, cause I like started to panic. I was like, oh, that's a whole different story. And I had all these judgments and I had realized like, wow, I really do have a lot of judgments when it comes to my mm-hmm. own kids or even youth. Like I just was like, oh, instead mm. of coming from the space of like well if they're ready and how do they know they're ready and those are the things that i really i really had to start uncovering but you really do have to kind of deal with your own judgments yeah
1: yeah so you really can be open and have this conversation like it's the most normal thing ever and basically it is but because there are so many judgments and projection and whatever there is about sexuality it becomes very awkward I think we really lost the the that the the genitals are just a body part. It is connected now a body part of the genitals are sex. And that's just, you know? Yeah.
0: We've created meaning to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like that yeah. point
2: of just start talking about it like it's normal conversation. I've even yeah. tried doing this with like friends of mine of just like Start asking questions them about it because it feels less, you know, like that still feels vulnerable to me to bring up a question yeah. to another brother of like, you know, how often do you masturbate or like things like that? We don't yeah. talk about those things as adults, but then we're expected to talk to our kids about it. And the more mm-hmm. that I'm learning how to talk to other men about it, I feel like the, the more confident I'm getting to have these conversations with my son then too of like, you know, yeah. asking him more questions, being curious or sharing and seeing where yeah. he's at.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I strongly believe that um, we can really have more awareness about that. Uh, sexuality isn't always about orgasm or, you know, working mm-hmm. towards a result or relation or whatever. But just can you be with your your genitals just in an intimate way or caressing or just a loving way? Like, thank you, body, for have these healing capacities or how do you look today or you know really have this like you are looking at your feet or your face or but we don't do that because then we it's it's just all about result and i really think that the porn industry is there it has a huge impact on that we just have this image about what sexuality is and especially young guys and girls who might watch it that that is the truth about sexuality. And yeah, that's something really breaks my heart to just have that kind of knowing about sexuality or that that the first thing is what you see as a kid about sexuality, the porn industry.
0: Yeah, yeah, and as a society, In general, it really is a goal driven, like sex is a goal driven. I mean, even our sex ed here, like we talk about like pregnancy, right? And that's still this end result. We don't talk about all of the things in between, Mm -hmm. like the pleasure or like knowing your own body or, you know, keeping yourself safe, however that looks to you. Um, Mm -hmm. And being able to communicate with partners, like, had I, Had I learned some of the stuff that I'm learning now in Hmm. high school, I probably would have kept myself a lot safer, a lot safer.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I recognize so much. I really thought that porn was, was what sex was. Yeah. And it really was not my kind of cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought there was something wrong with me. So I really believed that there was something wrong with me for years. That I did not like the way, you know, the porn industry uh, shows it. I was like, yeah, but I don't like that. And yeah, until I stepped into the world of Tantra and discovered a whole new era. A whole new different, you know, kind of being with with myself. And really make it an internal experience instead of an external experience. And that I need you to have my own sexual pleasure or, or something. But really to make it my internal journey yeah
0: will you go into a little bit about the tantric piece because for like any listeners that have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to tantra um will you kind of just share a little bit about tantra like the the big purpose of tantra and how that actually i know you just briefly spoke on it but yeah kind of how that applies to sexuality
1: Mm, for me tantra is really allowing things to be and really do explore myself in what's going on inside of me. Emotions or energies or life, life itself. What does it reflect back to me? And yeah, invite that and be with that. And it's not just about sexuality. For me, sexuality is now a life force energy. You know, we all have been created from that sexual energy Because your mom and your dad you know they had sex and there was sexual energy and there was you you know so we are sexual energy and i think it's really our medicine to heal our bodies and uh, dive deeper into ourselves and create awareness or or create something or and it doesn't always have to be uh, that final orgasm you know it's really the, the experience experiencing life, experiencing my body, experiencing someone else's body that's for me yeah I think that's for me Tantra and of course it's so much more but yeah
0: yeah And so uh, th- just thinking about then applying it to like youth like what are the benefits of of teaching uh, you know tantric? sexuality to kids. And I'm not saying like teaching the act of sex. I just want to clarify Mm -hmm. that. Um, but it's, it's the, it's the philosophy or, or the idea of it because really tantric sexuality around being sexual life force energy and bringing awareness and being with our body, it's really reconnecting back to the body. And why, like, why is that beneficial for youth to have the, these teachings?
1: Um, yeah, I would say that it brings them back to their heart connection and their longings. What do I really want in life? How do I want my life to be? And who am I and who am I bringing to the table in connection with someone else? So for me, it's so much more than just knowing your body, but really creating your life If you know your boundaries, if you know your longings, if you know how to connect with yourself and from that space to someone else, I think it's so beneficial for you creating your whole life. And really doing what you love instead of, you know, doing what you need to do because society says so that you need to do that.
0: And this is the piece that like, I really want to anchor down because I feel like when we talk about sexuality again, like we all think it has to do with this act of penetration. And this right here is such an important piece of sexuality. Like you even said, like connecting back to your heart and being in your body and even thinking about like, what do I want to be? Who do I want to be with? What feels good to me? And if we don't teach that, Kids don't know. And then they can enter relationships that are that can be dangerous. They enter relationships that aren't fulfilling. Um yeah. and there's, you know, divorce rates or um there's unhealthy ways to approach relationships. Um mm-hmm. and then they get into situations that they're not ready for. So this yeah. is like this is really the piece that's really important to me. I'm glad you said yeah. it because we really need to talk about the holistic piece of sexuality and not so much the act or yeah
1: yeah 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 and i i strongly believe that if we orgasm from a different way than just you know having that result in that rush we can really use it to heal our bodies Mm. because that orgasm is just you know that. Uh, explosion of releasing that energy from your cells and it's not just in the genitals but it can be everywhere in your body but Mm. we have just so just we've been so disconnected from that to really not use it anymore as a healing capacity as our medicine for the body Mm. yeah
0: it's a very different way to look uh, around sexuality the healing the healing aspect of it
1: yeah yeah and I really believe that if we learn our kids that, that it's yeah beneficial for for the whole society because then, you know, the depression or the burnout or whatever there is now, the, the main uh, sickness, it can be healed.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: If we start connecting with our own bodies and learn our children to connect with our own bodies, but therefore we just need to connect with ourselves first and really do our inner work and yeah get out of our comfort zone and uh, out of uh, distraction or avoiding yeah and really radically look at ourselves yeah <laughs> and that's not always easy <laughs> no no, <Nope>. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we've had that over the last two years of like oh yeah. this work
0: is so hard yeah um yeah i i really love though the talking about doing the inner work because You know, when we talk about like things that we didn't like that our parents did to us or whatnot, and we're so wounded, right? We're all we're all going back now to deal with our wounds and doing the inner work to deal with our wounds because we've you know, we were wounded um this is why it's so important to do the inner work so that we don't continue Mm -hmm. the cycle and then we wound our kids and then they grow up needing support and and dealing with their wounds i mean there's always going to be wounds but like we can minimize the damage of it
1: yeah and i think if we do our own inner work uh, well, let me talk for myself. Now I've done my inner work, and my children will come someday, and they talk to me like, "Mom, what you did it really wounded me." Then I can be their space holder. Okay, tell me about it. I can listen to you. I hear you. I see you. I feel you, and I'm sorry that I did that or that it. You know that you you felt it that way. So I can be there for them instead of you know going in defense or or not listening to them at all or you know, start an argument, and so we never see each other again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's also important to do your inner work so you can be that space holder even on, on the long-term.
0: Yeah. And you're not taking things personal because the truth is, is that no. wounds are created no matter what because of the fact that our kids are so dependent on us and they rely on us for so much yeah. that especially for a long period of time, that wounds are inevitable that's gonna happen because we also ourselves are wounded. Yeah. And so yeah. being honest with ourselves that yes, like we're, we are aware that we could create a wound and yeah. it's this piece of if we do the inner work, then we're not projecting back all over our kids or yeah. taking out on them or, um, yeah. you know, we, we can really yeah. hear what, they, what they're needing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I also believe that Uh, My parents, as well as myself, I did the best I could in that moment with all the tools and all the information and all that I could do in that moment. Because if I could have done it differently or my parents could have done it differently, they probably would have. So, you know, they always do their best. And even if it's an unconscious thing that they were doing they did their best and yeah, with, with what, where they were at, at that moment. Yeah. And the only thing that I can do now is just heal myself in all those things that I maybe, you know, didn't knew then. Yeah. So I can be me my new me again yes. and yeah. approaching, yeah, the way that I am in this moment now.
0: Yeah. And what a blessing for your kids too to be able to experience this part of you that, they wouldn't have of experience had you not done that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah wonderful and i think i know what your answer is but we ask all of our interviewees our question of what is your best parenting advice
1: my best parenting advice well do your inner work yeah 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. and don't take it personally Mm. don't take it personally because and if you do take it personally then look at yourself what 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 makes me make it uh personal? Is that a Mm. correct uh, sentence? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You do that reflection on yourself. Yeah. Why do I take this personal? Mm -hmm. You know, what 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 does it touch me? Where does it touch me? Or
0: yeah. 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 Mm. Might thank you so much. This has been wonderful Mm. being able to uh Mm. talk to you about this, this subject. You really gave um me some big gifts of of some (laughs) things to reflect on so thank you (laughs)
1: you're
0: welcome thanks for listening to uncensored parenting make sure to follow us on instagram at uncensored parenting podcast we're out
1: electric acid
2: ElectroCast. Transform your
0: influence. ElectroCast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.
1: Electricast.